Hello, and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I'm one of your hosts. Every week, we bring you interviews with makers of all kind from all over the world that identify as female or non-binary. Today's episode is with guest Allie Katz. Allie is a classically trained fine artist with a passion for 3D and digital art, which translates to never being good at doing just one thing. They created Geeky Fay Art to showcase their need for adventure. With Geeky Fay Art, you will find a variety of projects across multiple styles, approaches, and mediums. Allie is constantly in search of new artistic expression. Everything with Geeky Fay Art is the work of one person, Allie. There is no team behind them, and as such, every bit of photography, copywriting, filming, and editing that you see in addition to the projects themselves are created by their hands. It was an absolute joy to get to chat with Allie, and I can't wait to get into that discussion with you. Before we do, though, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much. Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Jeremy Jeremy Spies, Sammy Go Sammy Lee, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Brandy Studio Obey, Lee the Rainbow Carver, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued ongoing support on a monthly basis, helping to produce this podcast. If you would like to uh, show support for the podcast, please hang around to the end and I'll share all of those resources with you. And with no further ado, let's hop on into the conversation with Allie. Well, um, I like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves. So would you do that for me? Absolutely, I'd be happy to. Hello, hello everyone. My name is Allie Katz, but many of you online may know me as Geeky Fay Art, which is my, my online moniker. I am an artist, I am a maker, I am a creative technologist. I may do things on the internet or, <laughs> and I basically am, am just, my, I got I got hands in all the pies. I, I've been making YouTube videos for about a year and a half now, I think. Ooh, nice. And um, and but I've been I've been doing I've been doing professional art and making for over fifteen years. Oh wow! Excellent. I think I don't know how old I am anymore. <laughs> Just That's lost also fair. Time. That's also fair. <laughs> don't know. I don't know what time is anymore. So. Like yeah, I'm gonna go with around around 15 years. Yeah. I, think I don't know what right. year it is anymore. Most of the time, no, that I, as well. Yeah, I was like just thinking about that. I'm like the pandemic just has made time weird. Like post 2020, I know that. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all I got. So yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I want to make sure I ask, uh, what are your pronouns? Thank you very much. I use they them pronouns as I actually identify as a gender. Um, which falls under the non-binary window or umbrella for those of you following along at home who are maybe less familiar with these things. Um, but yeah, that, thank you so much for asking. That is something that is not quite as common in everyday life yet as, as it should be, but I, it's getting better, which is amazing. It is. I will, I will fess up and say, I am not always great about asking. I'm trying to get same actually I'm trying to get better. (laughs) You, you would think that, that I would be a professional at asking. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that I think until it becomes a little bit more commonplace, it can feel weirdly difficult to ask. And so, yeah, the company, it definitely can. Yes, that is, that is the trick. It's depending on the company. Yes, it can, uh, <laughs> it can feel a little bit more challenging, but I definitely think it is a, a generally a good practice. It is, and I'm pleased to see it becoming a little bit more prolific. Yeah. Now, would you mind? Because I'm gonna also fess up. I understand non-binary. I don't know what agender is. No, that's actually that's that's totally okay. It's also not something I think I. It's not a term I've used a lot yet publicly in this space. Okay. It's a it's a term I've personally used for for years. But, um, agender 
fall like obviously non non-binary genders are basically everything that isn't just man or woman mm-hmm. and so it's a huge huge category of things so some people just identify as non-binary and i frequently will just refer to myself as non-binary because it's easy and people yeah. tend to know that as a term um but under it are lots of slightly more specific i suppose designations and so a gender is basically none okay. <laughs> if that makes sense like okay. it's it's a person who's a gender or at least in in my specific case because obviously very few of us are exactly alike but in my case it's very much a i don't feel i don't feel like a man i don't feel like a woman i don't feel like half and half i don't really feel like there is a specific designation that that fits me perfectly except for the one that basically says no thank you mm-hmm. um in fact actually that's frequently a a joke I will pull out is, is you know, gender, no, no, thank you. Um, I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> so that's when I, when I discovered the term, it was very much one of those things that I, a, a light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. It was very much a, oh, that's what I am. Okay. Cause I'd always kind of felt very, again, in between, but not in a sort of like a little bit of this and a little bit of that, yeah, right. more of a just not Mm -hmm. but there wasn't a word that I was familiar with growing up you know because also the internet wasn't really a thing yet um Uh, I will ask figuring age wise born in the 80s Mm -hmm. yes okay same here Um, so yeah no there was no like it wasn't even an option (laughs) like we had an option at all I mean (laughs) gosh I I don't think I mean, I certainly, I certainly got the internet when I was a, a late teen, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think the internet was actually useful, like Correct. a useful tool <laughs> right. until like my mid twenties, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, um, which was also as it, as it happens about when I started to learn about other gender identities mm-hmm. and stuff like that, thanks to the internet mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah, and eventually found the thing that, that I was able to kind of like, almost like reflect back, rewind the years of my life and go oh no okay that actually makes sense yeah that fits that fits (laughs) so like I said it's not a term I I always bring out in the same way that I feel like there are different words that I can use to define my sexuality that are all accurate but depending on who I'm talking to I may use a different word (laughs) right um like it's it's one of those things so like non-binary is correct agender is more more correct more specific more specific okay yeah i want to know Allie's story from like baby Allie to like you Allie and very long story i that's okay (laughs) i'm guessing specific to specific to to kind of make it yeah 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 um well i was actually i was very lucky in a couple of regards one of them being that i grew up with art like creativity around me both my parents were creative um my uncle who's like pretty much my only like blood family um was very creative and I was encouraged to be creative I was encouraged to play creatively and and in fact I actually have very fond memories of being quite young and my uncle telling me that you don't have to color the things in the coloring book the same color as they are in real life and that was being that was like revolutionary right the sky (laughs) could be orange and the grass could be purple and also you don't have to color in the lines either. Like you can do whatever you want. And frequently we would actually um, like go on like the backside of like the page where it was blank and just draw, like color our own thing. Um, so I definitely had a lot of that influence kind of when I was really young, but I also definitely realized, I would say like 13 or so that I needed to make stuff like I'm sure I was already making stuff up until that point. You know, I loved things like Lego and Lincoln Logs, Lincoln Logs, Lincoln Logs, which is awesome. I love those. I love building houses out of Lincoln Logs. Um, But around like 13, 14, I I definitely realized that I needed to to make stuff myself, not just out of other things. Mm -hmm. And so it was around that time that I kind of started 
discovering art and started drawing all the time. And I will, I will hands up admit that I am a huge nerd um, and, and definitely a huge weeb as well. So like I was watching anime um, and, and, you know, reading comic books and stuff like that. So like I was drawing that sort of stuff. Um, I, I owe, I owe a lot of who I am to Sailor Moon. Um, (laughs) Just, just, just love Sailor Moon. But uh, that absolutely evolved into a sort of, I want to do this. I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to I want to be able to do this in, in more of a capacity. And so I absolutely, I took advantage. I took an incredible advantage. So the one advantage I had was my, my family. I had a creative family, but the second advantage was actually my school. Um, my middle of nowhere high school <laughs> had the most incredible art program. Like we had, oh gosh, three we had three art teachers. We had four art classrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the number of subjects that were covered was incredible. Um, I took almost all of them, <laughs> except for photography, which is ironic because I, I, I am now quite versed in in photography and videography and stuff like that but at the time I I didn't like it um and uh I want to say there was like maybe one or two other things I didn't do but like it I got to explore everything from painting and um painting and drawing to ceramics to uh jewelry making and metalworking um I did sculpture I did printmaking like I did everything I could and that enabled me to build up a really nice portfolio to go to art school nice. and, and also leave Michigan because <laughs> I was, I was ready to go. So I ended up getting, um, I ended up getting my bachelor's degree of fine arts in media arts and animation. Mm. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, and it was, it's interesting actually. And I don't know that I've shared this before, but it wasn't actually what I wanted to study. I'd actually wanted to study illustration, but I had determined that it was going to be too hard to make a living doing illustration for whatever reason. And that animation would be better. Um, and as it would turn out, I actually really enjoyed, uh, learning computer like computer design and stuff like that. So like I had, I'd of course already started using Photoshop through my own little hacked copy. Um, and in fact, this is usually one of the things that I, I brag about ever so slightly to people is the fact that I've been using Photoshop for 20 years. <laughs> I've been using Photoshop since Photoshop six I think just six not cs6 but six like it's five or six I can't remember basically I mean I can give you a year and you Mm -hmm. can tell me what version it was but um a very long time I I know photoshop very very well but I I learned I learned how to do 3d design I learned how to do I learned how to film stuff I learned how to edit video I learned how to do a whole bunch of things in this program and I would then go on to professionally work in a, a really eclectic range of industries doing similar things. Mm-hmm. So like I've done everything from medical animation, which, mm. yeah, exactly. That's the, the appropriate response <laughs> um, to industrial animation, uh, basically uh, translating a very, very ugly CAD drawings into like visually appealing 3d models that moved uh of admittedly a drill bits giant drill bits that was a thing um i've worked on tv commercials for visual effects i've worked in video games um i've done a huge range across the board and unfortunately let's gonna say the thing that i ended up realizing from all of this is that the that particular arm of the creative world is very 
you're, and maybe this is, maybe this is true of lots of things, but I, I can't obviously speak to everything. I can speak mm -hmm. to the things I know and that's it. Um, it's very, you're expected to specialize for one, mm -hmm. but for two, you're expected to not really enjoy or want to do anything else creatively. Like you're expected mm -hmm. to devote your whole life to kind of this one thing. And I, I couldn't do that. I didn't know it at the time, but uh, I have ADHD <laughs> and uh, I very much thrive in situations where I can do a range of stuff, which is what I do now. Like if you, if you kind of follow, follow my work and what I'm doing, you can definitely, you can definitely see kind of quite quickly the wide range of stuff that I do. And that's how I like it. That's how I like it. Being able to do electronics and 3D design and sculpture and costumes. Like that's where I am happiest. And that is not allowed <laughs> in kind of the animation, the 3D hey. art industries, you're expected to be monofocused. Hey. Um, and of course, there is, as you say, I probably don't even need to say this anymore, but a lot of aspects of the industry are really, really toxic, mm -hmm. um, very sexist, very underpaid. Uh, so I eventually, and I say eventually, like I did this for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, this was not something I came to quickly, but I, over 10 years, I, I definitely, I got really burnt out and um, I actually ended up taking just like a massive break from kind of all creative things for a little while to kind of reset and then and then I kind of realized I was like all right no actually I do need to do this stuff this is this is who I am um and I I started kind of creating again and this time letting myself explore and try new things and learn and and I definitely realized that this is something that is worth sharing because I think a lot of people don't necessarily ever get told, again, I don't think I was, that it is okay to explore. It is okay to try new things. It's okay to not be an expert at something. You don't have to be an expert at something to enjoy it or even to be good at it. I think there's lots of things that I'm good at that I'm not an expert at. Mm -hmm. um, and so I obviously started sharing that journey online um for other people to kind of watch and learn and hopefully be inspired by because i hate gatekeeping <laughs> i'm not a fan no and so my my mission is very much one around destroying barriers and gates and making things more accessible and more reachable and making people feel good about themselves not <laughs> not that anyone sets out to make people feel bad about themselves but I think you know what I mean like I get what um, you mean. <laughs> yeah I, I want to I want to empower people to feel to feel creative and to explore that great creativity not to feel like there isn't a place for them yeah so I think I think that's that's the the broad overview the broad <laughs> of the story I was, I was gonna uh, say I think you're not alone I think most I feel like probably at least 70% of people who identify as makers have ADHD. Um, <laughs> there's definitely something there. Yes. There's, there's, I, I, I think too that it's not even so much to say that there are like, I just think that it's a very common thing when you have ADHD to need to do a bunch of different things because obviously you'll get bored yep. if you do the same thing. Um, and that it makes it harder to fit in yes. in places. Yeah. And if there's one thing I feel like I can say about the maker community and makers in general is that there is, I feel a higher degree of acceptance and it also is just a broader, it's a broader thing, a broader field. Yeah. And like makers come from so many different disciplines and perspectives. 
it's not the same as art because like as much as there are different parts of art correct art again it is there's a bit more of a like there's a can be a bit of an elitism there can be a bit of a like oh well you get to art you know by doing this this and this and and there's like a path and with making and makers it feels a lot more just kind of like come as you are do your thing yeah I feel like I've had I've had conversations where it's like and I like this word being used it's kind of like makers are grittier like we're just kind of like you know like look at something and be like I can figure that out right it's like there there is less I do think there is actually less gatekeeping yeah than there is in lots of other places and lots of other kind of communities and stuff like that yeah it is a little a lot more just kind of like yeah you want to do the thing do the thing right figure it out (laughs) right you know like good luck yeah hey makers so today's podcast episode is sponsored in part by alicia van osdahl who is the owner of basil blue design company Alicia is a maker of all things, really. Her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking, repurposing, refinishing art and sculpture. Her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos, and branding. If you have an idea or concept that and need a creative solution or graphic design, you can email Alicia directly at Alicia, and that is A-L-I-C-I-A at basilblue.com. Or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com. And fun fact, uh, Alicia actually designed the logo for Crafting a Revolution. So that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for. So be sure to look up Alicia again at her website, basilblue.com. All right, let's get back into the action. Yeah. Um, Need help? feel free to ask for help. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but a lot less just kind of like, oh no, it has to be, it has to be this way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I say, I say this as like, I fit right in with your, your mission, um, of the destroy all the gatekeeping. Um, mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's still, there, and there is still gatekeeping, oh, yes. but it's, it's not it's different. yeah relatively not as bad yeah it's and different I, yeah no you're right it's different and I uh I mean I'm applying for and hoping to get into grad school for an MFA in uh furniture design specifically Ooh, cool. so that I can like learn what I need to know to get into the business and then share it all <laughs> yeah let's give it away, give it away. you know just, just give it away because I'm like this is ridiculous because this gatekeeping is only serving one type of person. <laughs> only one, yeah. not serving yeah. anybody else. And pretty much. <laughs> and and goodness knows that academia is so is so incredibly ableist mm-hmm. and and restrictive. And, and I, I do, I do love the idea of kind of going and sucking all of the marrow out of the bone and then giving it away. <laughs> it's kind of being like, all right, all right, folks, here you go. Yeah. Here you go. It's <laughs> <Exactly>. fine. <laughs> learn, learn yes. from me. Yes. <laughs> uh, if only we had, if only we had socialism. Basically. Proper socialism. It, um, I mean, I do find it interesting. It's like, I don't know if they'll let me in because I kind of put that in my like, you know statement of purpose like i intend to come to help for break down barriers for everybody else um, i think it really depends on <laughs> the school and who's yes. there yes. because there absolutely will be people who are on your side and agree with you and then there will be ones that are there to right. try and uphold the system so um <laughs> I, I definitely think it depends yes i'm i'm more of the damn the system is kind of my <laughs> Um, I, I, I dig that. I dig yeah. that for sure. And I'm also realizing I'm going to have to, uh, you know, in this age of YouTube, I'm going to have to get my oldest kiddo to like watch your channel because I'm pretty uh, sure he will like love every bit of it. Um, well, it's yeah. it's very it's very eclectic. I'm let's say the thing is YouTube doesn't like me. 
Um, you're for, not for probably a handful of reasons, <laughs> but, but the biggest one I think is simply the fact that I'm not churning out content. Um, yeah. Videos are very, they're a lot of work. And yeah. my problem is at least as far as YouTube is concerned, yes. um, is that I was not, I, w- I learned how to make and create as an artist, mm-hmm. not as a capitalist. You know? <laughs> like, like I, I, I can't actually think of a better word that, that, that is, that is kind of it. And so like I was taught quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And so I have kind of ingrained in me a, a very strong desire to create work that I feel proud of. Yeah. And my standards might also be quite high. Um, <laughs> so my videos, I spend a lot of time on them. I spend, I spend time planning shots and I spend, I, I, I do everything myself right. for, for one. I don't have a team. I don't mm-hmm. even really have like a helper. Like I can, I can occasionally con people into lending me a hand, but um, <laughs> for the most part, I do everything myself. I set up the camera. I set up the lights. I sit down, I do the thing, you know, I move the camera, yeah. move the lights, repeat ad nauseum. Um, that's why every project takes about 500 times longer. <laughs> it would take oh, well, that, And that's the other thing is that like <laughs> the actual project takes longer because of the filming process, right. but then I also have to create a video. Correct. So everything just takes longer. And it is just a bit like, I'm sorry, YouTube. Like <laughs> I cannot, if I, if I could be more interested in perhaps in small projects, I could probably do it. But again, like, I don't like the idea of restricting myself to only small projects that I can churn out in a short period of time just to have the content. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so yeah, so sometimes I have more videos and sometimes I have less. I'm currently in a period of less because I'm working very, very hard on something I have never done before. And it is proving to be fun, but challenging. It's also. Yes. Yes. I love it. Um, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely been a whole, a whole stinking ordeal. And I've never done this before. This is really? literally the first time I've ever done this. Um, and when I say this, I actually mean anything to do with LEDs at all. Oh, wow. Really? I don't do things by halves. <laughs> um, I, um, I had never touched electronics at all before June of last year. Okay. Um, I got the Spark Fun Inventors Kit by, from from Spark Fun, and uh, and I went through the entire the entire kit live on stream, and that was my first my first ever foray into electronics, and of course from there I immediately jumped into creating my own three um, D printer controlling BMO from Adventure Time, which is still <laughs> not done. I still need to finish it. So you can actually. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You can yeah. kind of see there's BMO yes. yeah. on the shelf. <laughs> um, still not done, but almost done. And and like that one's not too bad. That but like I still like I uh actually this is this is I think perhaps a, a good a good example of just my my flavor of insanity. I went from having never done anything electronic to literally designing my own PCB in a month or two mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I, it's obviously it's it's a simple pcb yes. yes it's not a super crazy pcb god it looks looks good on my camera <laughs> i know the little the little the yes. little bemo is obviously my favorite part come on yeah. i know i know oh come on focus <laughs> you can do it i believe in you it did for a I'm second probably, it did for a second um so like this I, I designed a PCB before I had done many things that were considered considerably less advanced. I, I don't do things in order. I basically, I learn the things I need to do, need to know to do a thing. And then I tend to just like leave everything else off until I need it. Um, so I am now doing this, this LED project, which isn't of course just LEDs, but it is um, also taking data from a, a sensor. This is a basically an air quality sensor. Okay. This is just part of it. It's it's got like four pieces to it, and this is the uh, the particulate 
particulate matter sensor. Mm -hmm. There's also like a CO2 and a volatile organic compounds and it sends data to the Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. No, don't look at my face. Don't look at my face. I can't do this. <laughs> Let me cover my eyes. Maybe then it'll focus. There we go. Look at that. Look at that. Um, sends data to the microcontroller. Um, this has got an ES ESP32 chip, and that then translates into animations on the LEDs. But like, I didn't know what any of this was. Or recently, um, I learn, I very much learn on the fly. And I suppose like the thing that I frequently kind of stand by is the thing that I feel I can say with confidence is not necessarily that I am, I am the best at any particular specific skill. However, I am an incredibly fast learner and I am a very stubborn person. <laughs> So In other words, you're going to keep at it until you figure it out. Yeah, pretty much. I will, I will crack it, but like, but I will also, I will also get there probably faster than expected. Um, I still, I still maintain that like, this is, this is probably insane. I also somewhat lack any sort of con context of how, maybe how insane it is, but I've, I've had a couple people reach out to me to comment on how like they've been maybe doing wearable LED things for, I don't know, a decade. Mm -hmm. And that this is something that would have taken them years to tackle. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of like, interesting, I see. Like, I have no concept, I have right. no concept of this. It's just like, it's all just, all right, I'm just gonna do it. I guess, I guess you could say I have no fear. Yeah. <laughs> I have well, no I mean, fear when it comes to making. Yeah, I think that's good though. Like, so you did art. I still have all my all my limbs. Yeah, so you, do. you did art in high school. I did electronics all through. Aha! High yeah, you went the you went the other direction. <laughs> yes, um, which is funny because like since high school, I've done almost nothing with electronics. I'm like, I'm a little bit fearful of it without guidance. You know, it's like I excelled at it in high school, and I felt like. I excelled because I knew like if I got stuck, I had somebody there to like always go to mm -hmm. and ask. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't, I don't have anybody to just like ask that question to. Yeah. Um, the internet has been, has been my teacher. Yeah. For, 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 for a large, a large part. But also I feel that because part of the reason why I didn't get into electronics sooner is because I was terrified of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the spark fun kit actually was a game changer because it just, it made certain concepts that had previously like eluded me, it made mm -hmm. them accessible and un easy to understand. So yeah. there's still tons of stuff I don't know. In right. fact, I've skipped over a ton of basics for yeah. sure. Um, I will, I will, it will come to bite me in the ass. I don't doubt it, but it's, it like, it was enough of a start to allow me to, I suppose, kind of find that fearlessness again yeah, and, and kind of jump into it because yeah, I was absolutely terrified of electronics for a long time. Part of actually what helped me get started as well was having something go wrong with my 3d printer and, uh, and I had to get in there mm -hmm. and I, I, I definitely let the magic smoke out a little bit. Cause I, um, I was moving, I was moving the, uh, I was moving the filament runout sensor to a different location on the printer. Mm -hmm. And, and I'd unplugged all the things from the breakout board. And then I got a little confused when I was plugging things back in and I was like, did I do it wrong? Cause it didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. It, it, it turned out that it didn't work because there was something wrong with the filament sensor, not me. Yeah. Um, but I doubted it. So I unplugged things and plugged them in differently. Um, <laughs> yeah so um that was my first that that, that kind of forced me mm -hmm. to uh to get in there a little bit and start looking at stuff and poking at stuff a little bit because I can't possibly survive without my 3d printers being functional um this is just this is unacceptable <laughs> in fact it's it's I have to I have to chuckle and I think it's actually worth sharing that I was literally printing something 
up until three minutes before we started. <laughs> because I knew I couldn't be printing during because it right. makes too much noise. Um, but I couldn't just not print today. So I was like, I just like, I very carefully timed it. And I was like, if I print it now, it will be done at 5.57, three Excellent. minutes before six. Exactly. And you as go. you can tell, there's yeah. nothing printing. So, um, so I, I've got I've got it down to a to a fine art, clearly. Or no, I have a plugin that does it for me. It's fine. Um, but yeah, that that kind of enabled me to get over some of my fear. Um, also, I did scream when I let out the magic smoke. It scared the scared the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but sometimes, sometimes you've got to do that kind of making a mistake to learn yeah. and yeah. and I do I do appreciate that I feel like more in the making community than anywhere else I've ever been is there a appreciation of making mistakes um because it does teach you you do learn from mistakes oh yeah and <laughs> that's not true everywhere there's a lot of places and a lot of people that expect and demand perfection in a way that just feels really really unfair yeah and yeah, yeah so, hmm. is so this, yeah, but the, the electronics it's exciting <laughs> it is I have in my head one of these things of like who knows if I'll ever like if I'll ever get to do it you know but um I you know I'm a power carver and sometimes Ooh. doing power carving with an angle grinder for whatever reason in my head makes me feel like a rock star. So mm. oh, I want like a LED wall behind me that like goes off with you know when with whatever noises the angle grinder is making. Um, Ooh. Yeah, like a sound a sound reactive yeah. wall. Yes, basically. Yes. Um, yeah, you could totally do that. Yeah. It would it would take an enormous <laughs> amount of power. Yes. But you could do it. That was actually, I think, I think that's been one of the biggest, the biggest lessons I have learned from this project is just how much power LEDs use. Um, and it is uh, a lot. Which is that would be super right. Cool. Because like we all move to like LED bulbs because they're supposed to like they're more energy efficient. <laughs> and I imagine that they probably are compared to to fluorescent yes or tungsten yeah yeah but i i think i think in the world of of diy electronics and like arduinos and stuff leds are a ton yes (laughs) they take a ton um and like i still i still have to chuckle a little bit because like that was actually one of my biggest um fear points on this project was the power consumption because again this is a wearable so like you don't want to have something that's that's just chugging power on your skin right um but further i wanted it to be as lightweight as possible right and so being able to keep the power consumption on the low ish side uh was important in the end i did make the i think intelligent decision to instead of like running like a lipo or a lithium-ion battery or something i did decide to just use a power bank um which actually plugs very nicely into the side here and the into the the basically the the breakout board Mm -hmm. so that it can power both the board and the leds uh directly i'm i'm very pleased with this just you can can tell i'm just like (laughs) um this obviously can handle a significant amount of of power but i uh i had what felt like the fear of god put into me over the led power consumption because if you if you do research of this on the internet uh you can find pretty quickly that neopixels which is what these are um can consume up to 60 milliamps per neopixel and i was like oh my god that's a lot (laughs) and like and i had this i had this idea in my head um that was again like this and i was like this is this is going to be a lot. Now I can tell you, this is 185, 185 LEDs. Now, if you do the maths to calculate that at 60 milliamps per LED, the power consumption is insane. Like it's, it's like four or five amps or something like that. It's just, it's, it's insane. So I was like, that's not going to work. What of course I would learn through experience because, and this is where that actually yeah. doing stuff versus just reading and learning 
um, helps is that that 60 milliamp per LED is at full brightness white. Mm -hmm. And that in actuality, color and not full brightness are much lower. What I would also learn is that these things are bright. Yeah. They are so <laughs> bright. So like I have it set to like 32 brightness right. out of 255. And to me, that is plenty. Like I, I don't, I might, might maybe end up tweaking it up a tiny bit, but nowhere in probably, I can't imagine going over 50. Uh, so the actual power consumption is much lower than I was led to believe it would be because I was basically given a worst case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> and the actual power consumption of 185 LEDs running my code, which admittedly at this time is still test code, but has all the LEDs on at once mm -hmm. in, in a variety of colors, uses less than 500 milliamps. So oh, yeah, a still, still a significant amount relative to lots of things, right? <laughs> but considerably lower than the five amps or whatever that I was concerned about. So it is, it is interesting how actually getting your hands dirty and doing the thing um, can teach you things that you may not have learned right. otherwise. This little, this little friendo though has absolutely <laughs> saved my life. This little ammeter which actually allows me to see the power consumption like right. that, that has been such a useful tool, especially as somebody learning electronics, because again, I'm, I'm skirt, I'm skirt. It's going to be a lot of power, <laughs> but like I had, I had at one point, I had two full meters of LEDs connected at, which is 288 LEDs. Okay. And I was running rainbows, of course, um, on them. And it was using like one amp. Okay. And I was kind of like, okay, that's less scary than I was expecting. <laughs> it's like, this is promising. Right. This is promising. Hey makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, and also, great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout. If you enter the code maker mom, you will get a 20% discount off any of the merchandise that you buy. So that's just toolmomstore.com. All right, let's head back into the action. So, you have like yeah. an event you're going to um, premiere this, <laughs> this at. <laughs> so this is actually a commissioned project. Um, okay. And so there will be a video, there will be a video, but I believe it will also potentially um, appear at some future events um, for RS Components, uh, which is, which is I, I believe, a, a company, an organization that people have maybe heard of. Um, they're the ones who, who provided the sensor, the air okay. quality sensor. It's, it's there, they came up with this, uh, this open, open source, um, sensor that you can, I, I think not yet get, but eventually will be available. And, uh, yeah. And the project, when my project's done, it will also be available open source. I'll have all the files and the code and stuff like that. That'll go online. Of course, this is also going to have to have a giant, giant disclaimer saying, this is not a beginner project, right? This is a project that requires in an ideal world, a lot of tools, like, cause one of the things that I have learned in the making of this project is, uh, is how incredibly uh, <laughs> frustrating and finicky TPU can be because I'm, I'm creating all of the enclosures in um, 3D printed flexible material, oh, yeah, which is great and really awesome. And one of the things about TPU that is both a blessing and a curse is the fact that it's chemically resistant. So if you need chemical resistance, 
you're in luck because it's fantastic. <laughs> and if you need to glue <laughs> anything to TPU, then you're just screwed because nothing glues to TPU. It is just like, I, I swear, I've, I've gone in with the industrial stuff and it's like, mm, like you want me to stick? Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> um, so like what you, the easiest anyway, the easiest method that I have access to is effectively welding. TPU welding. <laughs> and, and so like, I've got my little, I've got my little 3d pen that I can use to kind of lay the filament. Oh, and then I've got gotcha. the little, gotcha. the little hot, the hot knife that mm -hmm. I then use to kind of smooth it over. So it's like, it's sort of like welding. It's, I realize that actual welding is, is nothing like this. I have, I have a friend who welds. So like, <laughs> I have a general idea of how welding works and I know that this isn't actually like it, but like but similar, not everyone like, has this. Yeah. yeah. Not everyone has tools like this. So like, I mean, admittedly, if you have access, access to some industrial solvents, then, then you can do that instead and use that to glue TPU. But it is a, yeah, needless to say, it is not a beginner project. And I have to put giant disclaimers on it between the, you know, the soldering together all the LEDs yeah. and, um, you know, having to TPU weld to put the thing together. Uh, but I am incredibly optimistic that the end result is going to knock people's socks off. I'm sure. Um, and it's going to be really, really cool. So I am cautiously optimistic. Does this mean, so, I mean, do you, when you talked about you went from like kind of 10 years in the animation industry to, I mean, is this your full-time job now? This is my final form. Um, <laughs> Yes. Um, well, this, this always feels like such a complicated thing to answer. Like is create is, is my creative pursuits, my full-time job. Yes. Okay. Is my income a single form? No. Um, I very much like I, I make a living kind of in, the, I mean, this is, this is 2022, isn't it? I feel like this is becoming actually something increasingly common people making a living from a range of sources oh, instead correct. of a single yes. one. Yeah. Um, so it is definitely, you know, it is a combination of commissions and sponsorships and selling stuff and X, Y, Z. Like it's, it's definitely a combination and sometimes it is lucrative and sometimes it's not. Um, and it's, it's definitely a struggle. I honestly, I have I owe a lot to my patrons, like the, the literal community supports me. And that means the world to me because that is very much, I'm, that isn't me not having to necessarily answer to a, a corporate sponsor right, right. or something like that. And though admittedly the trade-off is I am, I'm always stressing that I'm not giving back enough <laughs> because I appreciate it so much. Like I appreciate so much the fact that people are giving from their own pockets. Maybe they don't necessarily have a lot to give even. I don't know. Right. So I always feel like I want to make sure that people know it is appreciated. Yeah. And it's I, not just. I totally get that. The podcast has Patreon. Um, and so I'm always like, thing. Thank, you. thank you for the, yeah. like, yeah. Um, you know, and, but I, I want to ask like, so how long has that been the path for you? Uh, <laughs> I want to say that I started down this path um, a little over two years ago. Okay. So I actually did start on it before the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. but the pandemic kicked it into high gear um, <laughs> because I suddenly had like all of my commitments kind of shifted for yeah. obvious reasons. And, and so it was like, okay, I let's, let's just, let's start banging stuff out. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. And one of the things that I find simultaneously interesting and, and often a bit frustrating is the fact that I am, I am somebody who has a incredible wealth of experience and knowledge, but 
I don't always have a good way of showing it immediately because any of the old work that I did is somewhat useless to me now, at least in terms of showing what I can do. Like it's not useless in, in the sense of like, I, I learned from it. It was, it was stuff that taught me, but like I, I had to start from scratch in a lot of ways. I had to start building up a new portfolio of work because my old portfolio of work, it's interesting, right? but it's not going to show off the sorts of things that I want to be doing mm-hmm. and potentially can do. Like, again, you, you would get nothing of a project like this from my previous portfolio. It's all right. digital. It's all it's all 3D art. And, and so ironically, because I'm, I'm, I'm looking around and realizing I can't, I don't actually have a thing I can grab readily. Um, you, if you pay attention, you can see my previous skill set leak into my current one. Like uh, like I did a, a wonderful, actually, it was a wonderful, fantastic commission uh, to create uh, board game pieces for uh, some people locally here in the UK designing a board game and they wanted custom pieces. And so they commissioned me to design them uh, for 3D printing. And I sculpted those effectively from scratch digitally, mm-hmm. which it was, again, it was one of those things that when I shared them, people's jaws hit the floor. They were like, how, what? You can do that? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I can like <laughs> that actually I used to do a lot. Right. Um, it also, because it's something I used to do a lot, it's also something I don't want to do a lot now. Get it. <laughs> yeah. <on> it. <laughs> yep. And which was also a, a bit of a weird, frustrating thing when people are like, oh, you're so good at this. You should do this all the time. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yes. But no. Yeah. <laughs> like just being, being, being good at something is actually almost <laughs> being good at something makes me want to do it less, not more actually, because I'm already good at it. Right. I, I get that. Can move on to something else. <laughs> yes. And that's not always true, but, no, but I also like, get yeah. that. Like, I mean, to me, it's the same thing of like, that I'm ADHD really life. good at my day job stuff. Like I'm really good at it. Am I wanting to stay with that forever? No. <laughs> yeah. And, and that is like, I, I definitely feel like our current culture and, and by that, of course, I also mean capitalism mm-hmm. tells us that we should be doing that. Like, not only should you be doing it, you should want to do it. Correct. Because you're good at it. Because right. you're good at it. And presumably it makes money and some some way shape or form either for you or somewhere someone else i'm sure ideally for someone else yes <laughs> um and way more for someone else than for for me yeah <laughs> and it's it's one of those things that it's kind of like we are encouraged to follow that yeah and we are encouraged to again to become experts to become masters at stuff because mastery is this coveted wonderful beautiful thing and and so so you want that you want that and so you will work at this thing and you will work at it potentially ideally your entire life right (laughs) until you are the best you can possibly be at it you're the top of your top of your class my um my uncle the one i mentioned earlier taught me how to color outside the lines um he is one of the top Aikido masters in the entire world. He's been doing it for like 50 years, maybe at this point. And like, that's obviously like, this is this incredible accolade. And and honestly, like it is incredible. He's, he's incredibly skilled and I admire his passion. Um, I also feel like the idea of doing the same thing for 50 years, I feel like would drive me insane. Now, I say that I obviously want to do creative things. I want to do art and I want to do making my whole life, but that's huge. That includes so many things. Yeah. I'm doing ceramics again for the first time in like 20 years. Um, And 
friggin' love that. Absolutely love that. <laughs> that alone contains so many things. Oh, yeah. And like, I know that I can do, I know that I can make things for the rest of my life and I will potentially not make the same thing twice. So I'll never mm-hmm. be bored. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is different in mm-hmm. a way, I guess, because it is, there are so many ways I can explore and and try new things and and right now it's leds and electronics and that may actually carry on for a few more things if only because i've got ideas of other ways i can do this ways i can take this to the next level ways i can make it better and that scratches an itch i like that yeah (laughs) that's 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 a nice thing to explore but it won't be forever right and i already know that there is there is a not insignificant chance that there will be a point where people are like ah oh, this is so awesome you can start making these to sell and i'm gonna be like nope i'm gonna go do something else now bye yeah <laughs> see you and because because that is how i work i mean that is the benefit right though of like of the time we live in now where you can make a living off of constantly exploring and not actually it's not like you're not making a living solely off the widget you made but off of like sharing about the widget you made it's still tough yes but yes like it is i i do think that we are we are starting to come into a new era of Mm -hmm. the value in in the knowledge and the information and not just the physical thing yeah and and I, I think that the, the tricky bit now is figuring out how to keep that power in the hands of the creators mm. and not give it all away to third parties, which is mm. kind of what we're currently doing. Correct. Um, not 100%, but entirely too much. And so it is, we're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. We're definitely still figuring it out, but we're definitely in a new era. Yeah, so, I, I feel like there's an there's definitely an evolution going on, um, where I really strongly feel like by the time my kids are adults, which isn't all that far away, um, you know, my oldest almost turning nine, like oh my gosh, yeah, so not that far away. I think by the time that they're like really actively a, an adult, like in their thirties, that there won't be this thing of like, I get up in the morning, you know, and I drive to a office and I do this Gosh, job. I hope so. Like, I, I just I don't think, think I, so. I don't, not in the way it has been for all of our lives. I just don't yeah. think it's going to be that way. Um, I mean, again, my fingers are crossed yeah. because, <laughs> you know, something's got to give, something's got to shift and it already is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it absolutely already is part of the reason as well, why I stopped working in the, like kind of the games and animation industry was also because it is not, it's not conducive or very friendly to disabilities. And I have disabilities. I, I, I again, I, I mentioned ADHD, but I have physical disabilities too. And, and having to constantly fight for accommodations for those things, like, being able to work from home, right? Um, you know, like <laughs> is is such such a horrible and frustrating thing, and I I do feel like one of the silver linings to come out of the pandemic is a widespread example of how working from home can work, yes, and be okay, yes, and it like there was there was no massive loss of productivity across right. the board you know like we've got data now that um actually shows increase in productivity yeah yeah and so like i guess i'm one, one of my hopes is very much is that the future will look more a little bit more inclusive yeah to people's to people having different kinds of needs in regards to what makes them the most productive and happy like because obviously like if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna be if we're gonna be capitalistic about it happy people are more productive too so like yes yeah extrapolate as well <laughs> uh, but 
that yeah yeah i i do i do genuinely sincerely hope that by the time your kids are in their 30s that the world looks like a different and better place yes i think it's more urgent for them too um yeah which i mean we could get into some really really deep serious conversations but i do feel yeah. like there's uh, that'd be a different episode of a podcast yeah <laughs> a, a sense of urgency that i feel you know from like my almost nine-year-old of like mm. oh no these are things that like we have to yes. you know <laughs> i i both have such an incredible sense of respect for that because yeah. god knows i didn't have that kind of urgency <laughs> as a nine-year-old um but also like it, it's 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 both impressive and also sad yes because right. you shouldn't have to worry about the state of the world when you're in correct the um and they are mm-hmm. and that's like mm, so like we yeah we definitely also need to like fix things so that they don't have to worry so much yes correct <laughs> we're doing we're doing what we can i think that's we're, right we're trying our best in, a, right. in our own ways Okay. Here anyway. We definitely killed that hour good. So <laughs> I can talk. I told you I can talk. I got the talking thing down. Down. Yes. Um, I want to give you a chance though to let everybody know how they can find you, follow along with you, support you, all the good stuff. Yeah. Well, thankfully, um, I am at geeky fay art, no spaces, no underscores. Um, F-A-Y-E is how you spell. Faye, if you uh, aren't, if there is no visual for you to, to see, <laughs> um, Geeky Faye Art pretty much everywhere. This is this is YouTube. This is Twitter. This is Instagram. This is TikTok. God, I am on TikTok. Can you believe it? Um, and it's definitely Patreon as well. I have a Patreon and a small community on Discord, not just for patrons, but for, for everyone, where uh, it's very, very friendly, safe space. And the Patreon, as I think I mentioned earlier, uh, makes a huge difference in kind of helping me continue to do what I'm doing in a way that is kind of, I suppose, less strings attached in the traditional sense. I always do my best to provide interesting kind of behind the scenes content, early access to stuff that I do, as well as occasionally stuff that you like file access that you can't get elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, it uh, it really, really does make a difference even if it's a small amount so like that is awesome but also and i've said it before and i'll say it again just sharing sharing of content actually is one of the greatest gifts you can give a content creator and it's free the algorithm the algorithm is mean (laughs) yes and uh and we have to do what we can to fight back against it so that sort of thing is always super super helpful um yeah, those are those are the places that you can you can find me. And uh, if you if you found me through this podcast, then please come say hi and tell me you did, so I know. There you go, and I'll say hi back because <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, thanks so much for chatting with me today, Ellie. Thank you so much, Katie. This has been so nice, and it's it's really it's been really wonderful to continue to find people within the community that I feel like. I can really be myself with and that will, you know, like I, there's, there's a, a bit, a bit of a kinship, a bit of a camaraderie mm-hmm. and understanding that maybe I don't necessarily have with everyone. So thank you so much for having the show <laughs> and, and for, for finding weirdos like me to have on it. Absolutely. All right. Again, that was Allie Katz of Geeky Fay Art. I will include the links on how you can follow along with them in the show notes for today's episode. So you can find links to their Instagram and YouTube and website. The best place to find those show notes is first check the description box on your podcast app. If you happen to be watching this episode on my Freeman Furnishings YouTube channel, then check the description box down below. And lastly, you can head on over to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast and find this episode as well as all the previous episodes and their information. If you have enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe on uh, all the podcast platforms that you use, as well as to like the podcast and share about it. 
If you would like to support the podcast, again, you can find that over on patreon.com forward slash crafting a revolution. There's several different tier options available and anyone that you choose gets your name added to the list that is thanked at the start of the episode for every episode. If you um, are not able or do not want to support on a monthly ongoing basis, I totally understand. You can also support in a one-time donation by following along with the podcast over on Instagram at Crafting Revolution and hit the link in the bio there and there's an option for a one-time donation. So that gives you another choice if you want to help support monetarily. If you want to support the podcast, but not in a monetary uh, way, then you can just share about the podcast across social media, especially Instagram. Remember, at Crafting Revolution on Instagram. Uh, So share about the podcast, share about your favorite episode. Um, All of that is greatly and deeply appreciated. You might also want to check out your host for the podcast. So when I'm not uh, interviewing fantastic makers and producing podcast episodes, you can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor via power carving and shop dancing at Freeman Furnishings on Instagram and freemanfurnishings.com for my website. And my co-host, Katie Thompson, you can find her over on Instagram at Woodworking Women of Woodworking. Um, that is her passion project, and she shares so many amazing women who are woodworkers, as well as her other passion project, Pen and Chisel, which is an online monthly um, magazine subscription. So you might want to go check that out as well. I myself am subscribed and I love all the articles that she puts together and information that she shares with the community. So please go check that out as well. All right, we have one more brand new episode coming at you this week, but in the meantime, as always, let's go craft a revolution. She, her, fan, they got something they want to say. Solutions.